Should we get started? Yeah, start. Oh my God, you look so gamer right now, though. <laughs> I am gamer. I've just got off my uh, Fortnite marathon. Um, uh -huh. You know, I'm ready to go here. This is Case Johnston. This is the Literally Podcast. Uh, today, I am at home while Brandon is at Banyan One, recording on Historic 25th Street. Our guest is Craig Lancaster. We're going to talk about his newest book, And It Will Be a Beautiful Life, as well as a new book coming out in the spring, um, as, as well as any other books, and basically just shoot the shit about writing for about uh, 45 minutes um, uh, from there. So that's, that's the way we're going into this. Uh, with Craig, obviously, and you'll see this, Brandon. I had no, I have no, I have no need for an outline. Uh, there will be oh, no good. need for an outline today. Very few, very little need for questions. Um, this is this is one of one of those interviews that Kate, Renaissance Case absolutely, absolutely <laughs> loves. Uh, we're you know we'll we'll see where it takes us. Uh, okay. The reason I put second place, of course, is because we have our first place winner in the house from the High Plains Book Awards, and I say second place, they say finalist. I like to believe it's second place. Um, so you know, just just from spirit well, alone. Congratulations! Yeah, yeah, congratulations! Yeah. So, this is a so big deal. Yeah. The last time I saw Craig, uh, we were on stage together, and uh, Craig took home the hardware. Um, but uh, it was it was a fabulous weekend in Montana. Were, were you sad a little? Was I sad a little? Yeah. Yeah, I was sad a little. Of course, I was sad a little. But I mean, going into it, like I told my wife, and and Craig and his wife were sitting behind us. Uh, I said, you know. If Craig wins, uh, I will be I will be happy. If it's one of the two of us, I will be a, I'll be a happy man. And um, so yeah, so yeah, it was absolutely it was a great weekend, and um, we really didn't know until we got on stage, which is kind of rare. Right. Uh, and so it was it was quite a bit of fun. So let's uh, let's introduce Craig. Um, and um, I just got finished reading, and it will be a, a beautiful life uh, that I picked up at the High Plains Book Festival when I met Craig. Um, and so let's introduce Craig and, and congratulations, Craig, again, of yeah. course, it's a great, it's a great award. Well, thank you very much. I, uh, and I'm, I'm thrilled to be here with you and to see you again. Uh, truly, truly one of the highlights of the weekend uh, was getting to know you and Mary a little bit. Uh, we talk about it all the time, my wife and I, just how, just how much fun that was and, you know, how much we regret the distance between Billings and, where you are just cause you know, these are people you want to hang out with, you know? So, and it's, it's funny about the, you know, the last thing being up on the stage cause I had not allowed myself to think that I might win. I just, I just had pushed it out of my head. And, uh, but I read, uh, I read your book in the, in the walk up to it. And I was like, well, that's the guy I'm going to, that's the guy who's going to win it right there. <laughs> and uh, so, um, so the, the feeling was the same for me. It's like, you know, if, if what I think is going to happen happens, I'm fine. I'm totally fine with that. So, um, so, you know, and the rest is just the vagaries of, of awards, you know, yeah. they, the only way to not make yourself nuts in this business is to accept that awards are not, perfect little vehicles of merit right like there's a lot that goes into them so yeah yeah and i agree like mary and i have talked about it too and we we only really got to hang out with uh craig and his wife for about an hour um yeah. and but we walked away saying the same thing like that was just so much fun such a fun connection to make 
And I just felt the same way that I'm so glad that Craig won. It's a beautiful book. Um, it reminds me, you know, within the prose of it, it reminds me of, you know, like Harry Cruz. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. It reminds me of Harry Cruz wow. within the prose, uh, which is for me, for me is a huge, would be a huge compliment. This kind of punchy, gritty, lovely prose with voice um, that is very, very memorable. So reading it after the book awards, um, I was, I, I felt really great about, I feel, felt extremely content taking second place, even though they just call us finalists. I, I, yeah. I swear it was second place, but they, the I have to tell you the judge case. What's that? Was that the Russian judge? It was the Russian judge, <laughs> Russian judge. Yeah. 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 Uh, yep. Um, but I have to tell you this, Brandon, it's really funny. The first time I met Craig though, phrase to phrase, uh, well, our, our first conversation, Craig said, you know, um, and you're going to have to refresh me what town you're talking about, Craig. Uh, but he said, you know, uh, we make fun of, is it Bozeman or? Uh, no, no, no. Billings, Billings gets made fun of. Right. Right. But is... Craig said, well, the, all the artistic writers are over there, the ones with the MFAs and the people who live in Billings are the ones that actually make money. And so, <laughs> and so that was, that was my introduction. First conversation. Actually, actually the, the, and, and it was my dear friend, Richard Wheeler, who, uh, the great Western novelist, like six Spur Awards. Um, he died a couple of years ago. He was the one who said that, and he made the dividing line, Missoula, Missoula and Livingston. Right. He okay. said, you know, in Missoula, there are a ton of writers and they're all associated with the university in some right. way. Mm -hmm. And he said, and over here, we just have writers who write books that get published and make money. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I thought that was, I thought that was interesting, you know? I, yeah. I try, I try to stay out of the, out of the, you know, the turf wars and just do my thing. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, then he's, you know, he said, well, well, of course he said, Case, I know you have the MFA. That's why I'm talking to you about this. And, uh, <laughs> so right. I said, okay, well, that's, that's right. I get it. And, and, yeah. and I think if Craig would have known me more, he would have, he would have known that to me, that's actually really, really funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, and that's kind of the way I think about things too. But so let's talk about, let's, what do you, which book do you want to talk about? Like, you want to talk about, uh, and it will be a beautiful life. Do you want to talk about the previous High Plains uh, book award? Do you, what, do you want to talk about the one coming out in the, in the, in the spring? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to talk about the previous one just because, you know, it's, it's such a good lesson, I think, for me in, you know, don't assume that anything that's happening to you, whether it's good or bad, is going to continue to happen to you. Um, mm -hmm. I won the uh, High Plains Book Award for Best First Book in 2010, so it was my debut. It's a book called 600 Hours of Edward. It is uh, the book that most people want to talk to me about, mm -hmm. even now, even, you know, nearly a decade and a half later. Um, in fact, later this month, I'm going to Boulder, Montana, to meet with a book club who did, who read 600 Hours of Edward. <laughs> and I'm just, okay, yeah, absolutely, I'll come, you know. Like, I think you should be grateful for all of it, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and I am. And, uh, uh, but anyway, so there was 12 years between the two and I was a finalist a couple of times in there and, you know, I don't want to paint the High Plains Book Awards as like the be all end all of literary awards, but they're, 
highly respected regional literary awards. Mm -hmm. And because I live in the town where they get handed out, I'm, uh, I have, I have some affinity for them, you know? So, uh, so I was like, God, you know, um, this may never happen again, <laughs> you know? And so it was really gratifying to win. And, and I had come back to Billings a couple of years ago. This was my first book that came out after I had returned. So there was a lot of, you know, big thematic stuff going on uh, with that. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, you know, and in the 12 years between, you know, as I've been up, I've been down, I've been, you know, I've had moments of, well, God, I'm never going to write another one of these again, because it's too much of a heartbreaker. And, um, you know, and I keep showing up, which I think is tenacity will <laughs> get you farther than, you know, raw talent sometimes. So, yeah. Yeah, but there were many books between the two of them too, weren't there? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I've stayed busy all these years. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm busy. I'm waiting for this new book. It's called Dreaming Northward to come out in May, and I'm feverishly writing the second book of a two book contract. You know, of which Dreaming Northward is the first. Mm -hmm. And then I'm not sure what after that, like I've got, I've got that one done and I've got another one, you know, uh, you know, cruising down the runway and then I'll see what's what, you know, you've staked out the right, the, uh, right. The, the musical memoir. So I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would be second in that. I would be second in that, no. in that, in that canon. You're, yeah, you're, yeah. you're well ahead of, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, hey, Case. Well, yeah. I, I have a question just uh, from someone on the sidelines looking at two published writers. Uh, Craig's been published now for 10 plus years, sounds like. Um, yeah. And so, in case uh, you, you gave a, a story a little while ago about, I think it was your accountant saying, well, can't you, can't you, can't you rely on your, you know, the income from your books in retirement or something like that. And you, you, you laugh, like what royalties, like, what are you talking about? So, so, you know, as I, I don't want to like send everybody into the basement, you know, crying because you never get paid, but like, you know, when, when do you, even though you've got multiple published books, when do authors make money to do it as a living? Like, how does that work? Um, <laughs> I, I made, I was a, self-sustaining living on my royalties author for three years. And I, and I look at back at those years, they're long gone. And I look back at them. I'm like, well, those were three really privileged years, you know, because mm -hmm. for three years um, I didn't have to worry where money was coming from and I could just do what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. And it turned out they got really, really bored with that setup. Like, um, huh which is which is how I ended up in pipeline inspection, which is what led to the idea of the book we've been talking about. And it will be a wonderful life. I should probably show this book, right? Just in case somebody wants to, there we are. Got yeah, one. yeah. Paperback coming out in April, I think. So, yeah. um, uh, so anyway, what happened for me was my first book got picked up by a much bigger publisher who brought it out again. And then I had the sequel to that 
right on the heels of it. And so all the people who were discovering the first book almost immediately got the second book. Hmm. And this was all in like the spring of 2013. And, and I want to, I want to make it sound like I made a fantastic gob of money. I was a night city editor at the largest paper in Montana, which is not that large a paper. And I made enough money to eclipse that. And I looked at it and I went, well, that's more money than I make now. And I'm not having to work quite as hard for it because I'm already done with these books. So that's when I took the leap. And like I said, it lasted for three years and then I had to, I had to start earning a buck again. And I would love to see those years come back, but you know, it's very, very hard. I mean, there are, there aren't that many readers out there in the first place. Um, it's hard to find them. If you don't write genre fiction and you don't write series, which I largely do not, uh, it's even more difficult. And so you've got to kind of find something that sustains you beyond the monetary reward. Um, so, yeah. I wonder if you could build a catalog of AI readers and then brag about how many AI bots read your stuff. <laughs> yeah. well, do they pay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? They have this many readers yeah. and then you get yeah. paid on how many AI it's... bots read your stuff. I mean, cause you're, you do mention that the, the readership has gone down and the, and well, what's taking over everybody's jobs is, you know, potentially AI and stuff. And so I'm like, well, I don't know. Are they going to be reading? Are they going to be your new reader soon? Like, how does this work? Yeah, I, you know, I'd, I'd love to hear Case's answer to that. I, I have some faith in the eventual need of people to just simplify some things. I mean, reading is just such a simple pleasure whether you read it in pixels or you're holding, you know, paper in your hand, it's just, man, I, I mean, I just, I don't get a lot of time for it, but for a half hour before I go to bed, I, I read and it's the best half hour of my day sometimes. So. Yeah. Same here. I mean, I, I read 20 minutes every morning before I write. Yeah. That's it. Um, well, I read all day, but that's different. That's student essays and yeah. they are, you know, that's just, I don't know, that's slogging through life. Um, um, but the AI stuff is interesting. And of course, being in education, we hear a lot about it because right now, supposedly students can just type in a question and the AI, the dot, what a, what is it? Dot. Um, I forget. It's I'm, I'm forgetting it now. GTP or whatever it is, um, can kick out a whole essay for them, and and to a point where teachers and professors aren't even able to recognize that it was written by the 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 AI. Um, and so I, my boss came actually came in to talk to me about it the other day, and he asked like what are we going to do? And I, I didn't want to tell him I'm not going to be in education for more than three more months, but um, you know, uh, but uh, I did say that, you know, well, well, it's a pretty simple answer. We go back to for a while, because I, I have a feeling that with that kind of stuff, um, somebody's going to create a program that figures out which is AI and which is human and there'll be software for it and they're going to make a lot of money. And it's probably going to be the same people that made the AI to write the, to write the stuff. Um, 
but what's what's wrong with going back? I think with with life and with writing and with reading, it's you know we still have pen and paper and we still have pencil and paper and we still have books to hold in our hands. And I think that, I don't think that's ever going to go away. And somebody actually asked me like, well, what about this AI and somebody writing a whole book, you know, a asking the AI to write a whole book. And, and, you know, for me personally, I'm, I'm with Craig. I have a lot of hope that first of all, there's a lot of artists out there. We're art. I, I think we're artists. And I think that we're going to, we're going to, we're going to strive to make the best art and people are going to, want to read the best art and um while an ai might be able to create a book i still find it hard to believe that the nuances of voice will appear in 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 literature um that's my take i don't know i mean it's kind of scary actually but um yeah yeah i think the creative mind is is this wonderful thing and it's this distinctive thing and you know i i I, every every writer I know has sort of a different standard for how he or she views good writing, right? And, you know, for me, there are a million things that I will forgive if writing has like a big, strong, blood-pumping heart, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know how AI creates that. That mm -hmm. comes from a sentient human being who feels things and needs has this powerful need to express the things that are felt you know some people throw away a throw away a book the first time they encounter a sentence that rings false you know um yeah you busted me for uh for uh cracking wise on the mfas but i always always laugh at how sentence bound some of them are you know like yeah. oh i just want a beautiful sentence you know, and I'm like, ah, fuck that. Give me, give me, give me a beautiful, give me a beautiful paragraph and a beautiful page. And yeah. You know. so, yeah, I mean, there's a million ways to float the boats, but I, man, like when it comes to music, I like a little flaw that I can hear in the guitar. And I like a voice that is just a little bit off key, you know, like, mm -hmm. but is compelling, like, you know, or, or, robots going to replace what Daryl Hall can do with his voice, which is this unbelievable thing. You know, I, I just, I have my doubts. Yeah. And, and I think our needs as humans, you know, as this advances, we're going to be reaching for other human connections and art is one of the most human connections you can make. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I think what, what Craig said too is to get the heart of it. Maybe, maybe a, an AI can recreate a very standard romance novel because it has certain plotting and certain words and right. and stuff like that. Um, but to write something like Craig writes, where you know there's there's humanity in it and there's vulnerability in it and there's there's twists and turns that only come from living a life and living a very specific life, I don't think that they can recreate that. I'm sure they'll be able to recreate full books, full plot lines, full yeah. narrative arcs, but it's going to be those, it's going to be those, those authentic moments. Like if like you should really pick up and it will be a beautiful life that those authentic moments of humanity of a man who gets broken, you know, a man who's broken at small, at small parts in his life and really kind of, 
you know, shows it on the page as an author that I don't think an AI can, f can feel the brokenness and the, and the success and the heartbreak um, without having lived it. And I think that's, yeah, I, I completely agree. And I just don't think too, that, you know, writers going to want to write books. And I mean, who's going to be out there saying, Oh, well, this is what I want to do. I want to, I want to sell books through, typing it into an AI and see what comes out of it. You know, I mean, right. there will be some people that'll try it just for money. Sure. But they're going to, but they're going to, they're going to go for the, the very tropey romance. I think where we write Craig and I, I, I believe we share the same thing as we, we write people, you know, our, yeah. our books are so character driven and they're, so, you know, they're in, they're so character driven that it would make it difficult to, to do. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a great answer. I think. So there's this quote that I love from uh, Larry Watson, um, you know, who's written, God, I don't even know the number, but I know every Larry Watson book is something that makes me think, oh God, I got to give this up because this guy's so freaking good. And he said something I wish I'd said. In fact, I've built a whole writing workshop around it. Um, he said that uh, he doesn't write from observation, he writes from memory. And then he uses observation and imagination to transform that memory into something that's useful for fiction and thus is ends up being truthful in its own way. And I thought, when I read that quote, I thought, you know what, that's, that's it. That's the ball game right there, mm -hmm. which again, I think mitigates against the, the, this AI idea where, you know, if you're taking a memory that belongs to you and that's your way into whatever it is that you're working on, and then you apply the imagination that belongs only to you to transform that memory into what it becomes, you know, what, what is more authentic than that? Nothing. Mm -hmm. Nothing is more authentic than that. Yeah, I think that's it's a great point. I mean, I think this AI thing is going to be great for students who type in, give me, give me a observation of Shakespeare, Shakespeare's use of the word they, and it's going to yeah. be this perfect paper. Uh, but the but the realistic part, like with, I think that's a great way to say it. Is what is it? What would you say, Craig? It's uh, converting memory into converting memory into into fiction not just fiction though right more right, like a different kind of truth yeah right? yeah um you know i always tell people like max went the guy at the center of my pipelining novel mm -hmm. well i pipelined but max ain't me yeah <laughs> you know um, yeah. he is a figment of my imagination mm -hmm. imbued with memories that i have of doing the kind of work he does and the, and thinking about, okay, you know, what happens? I mean, here's, here's another one of my favorite uh, fiction techniques, right? Start, start your book as close to the ending as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, so when this book opens, his life is about to blow apart and he doesn't even know right. it. Right. Right. And I just love that. Right. Because everything you know, the first half of the book is Max trying to get control of tumbling down the hill, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, before he can even start to set himself right, he's just got to arrest the, the fall. Right. And, uh, yeah.
And he's such a sad sack at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And but he, you but you care for you really care for him. Oh yeah, he, from the start. Yeah, he's a character though yeah. that you're on his side. Uh, you know, and if you haven't read it, you're on his side immediately for multiple reasons. First off, he's a protector. Um, second off, you know, he wants everything to be better. Um, and, and in his heart, he knows that it can, but somehow escapes it, right? Uh, tries to escape it at the exact same time. It's a great character in the sense that we've all been there in the sense that like this last weekend, you know, like this last week, my family was out of town. Uh, I absolutely loved it. And I'd look forward to it all year and have five days alone in the house. But at the same time, I wanted him back at the same time. And this is sure. like, this is like Max. So it's like, he wants to be there. But the second he can escape again to go back on the pipeline, he's looking right. forward. And so he's, he's very flawed, but he's a protector of, of he's a protector. And so immediately you care for, the character yeah. yeah yeah he's he's a searcher which is yeah. the other thing that i love and um and he uses humor and sarcasm especially is like his armor against the world mm -hmm. like the world is going to try and hurt me and i have you know uh the fun i can poke at myself and um you know and the way i can deflect everything that's coming in i right. can just you know i mean he's very He's very adept. It's kind of funny that he ended up doing what he what he did because he could have done anything with, yeah. with the mind that he has. He could have done anything. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, yeah, I I want to go. It's great to talk about the book um, and about sentences. I want to go back. Have you started? Because I think I am kind of there right now with a, with a novel. I yeah. started one. I got about 20,000 words in it died. I'm about 5,000 words into another one. And it just really, what you said earlier, really kind of hits home. The For the last one that died and for the one that I feel might be dying too, um, is that the characters that I'm trying to create do, do not have any roots in me. Does that make sense in me, in my memory as, 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 as who I am. I love the story. I love, I love the plot, like the plot. I love it. Actually, it's my only short story I've ever published that I'm trying to convert to a novel. And I work. Yeah. yeah. And I've been, I've been thinking about it for about a decade, but I, I, I think it worked for a short story because I was able to maybe fake it. Yeah. <laughs> but Right now I'm looking at the pages and the books that have come easy to me, they come easy to me because there's so much, not personality, but so much, I wouldn't even say, but my voice is there. Um, but I wonder too, just if you just nailed it for me as to why I mean, maybe need to start another novel. Thanks, Craig. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so here's, I, in fact, I just wrote this. I just wrote an essay about this. So this is kind of top of mind stuff. Well, first of all, I mean, we should probably say that way more would-be novels die than I ever, before I ever wrote one, than I would have ever guessed. I mean, it's so humbling. Yeah. And they don't, and for me, they don't die, like, I'm not watching them die for a while. It's like we're going down the road, and then, and then they're kaput. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like a, it's like a dog team in the Iditarod who just says, mm -hmm. hey, I'm not going another step. 
Yeah. Good luck getting me down the trail. Right. And um, and so I save all of these things because I've put all this effort into them, even though, you know, in many cases, I just know it's never coming back. I've right. harvested a few short stories from some of that wreckage. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's really tough and it hurts because, you know, there go. God, I had one die at me, die on me at about 35,000 words. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, you know, that's two months. That's two months yeah. of drafting. You know, yeah. I just, I couldn't believe it. So what I have learned here recently, because the first few novels, I, I was learning how to do it. And so mm -hmm. I wasn't stretching myself as much as I try to stretch myself now. And um, so I just kind of, you know, like, okay, I'm going to write another one. And, you know, boom, wrote another one. And it was foolish to think that I could keep doing that, um, yeah. you know. And It Will Be a Beautiful Life uh, was half written for two years where I didn't even look at it. Mm -hmm. And then I went back to it and whatever I was missing unlocked. And then I finished. Mm -hmm. The one I'm working on now that I'm sure I'm going to finish, I, I don't know how good it's going to be, but I know I'm going to finish Yeah, because I can see the finish line. Same thing. I set it, you know, I set it aside for some number of years. So that seems to be working now where it's just, you know, it's almost mm -hmm. like, it's almost like chasing love too hard. You know, you're like, yeah. well, I think I want to be in love with this person and you're feeling it and they're not quite. And, so, you know, you try to make it happen, which never works. Right. And so, so you have to learn to wait on it. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to sit, I'm just going to be cool. I'm going to be quiet and I'm going to let this come back to me. And I'm starting to see that happen. Um, <laughs> but it's kind of coincided with uh, my being a little more ambitious in what I'm trying to do. Um, mm. You know, yeah. I mean, dreaming northward, which comes out May is my first sort of multi-timeline novel. There's, you know, four timelines and I've got to make them start rubbing up against each other and causing other things to happen. That was a challenge. What I'm working on now, the, the main character is a woman and I'm not. So mm -hmm. that's, that's a challenge. Um, but I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. So, Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to lose them. Um, it's hard to lose the novels. Maybe I will look back at the other one that went to 20,000 words a little while from now, because I like the concept of it. And I think it does have some of me in it. It's a, it's yeah. this idea of this small town, Kansas town that has, has only had one bar for 50 years. And then somebody else decides to, and it's called the uptown bar. And then somebody else decides to open another bar called the up uptown bar. And uh, then there's a, there's a fight and a murder at the beginning. And so that's, that's kind of all I've gotten to. And I love the idea of it, but I just haven't figured out how to do it, how to that's, do it. That's a nice punch in the nose right out of the gate. You know? Yeah. So. I, I like it. I like it. I just, I don't it's know. Like an, it's like an album that brings its best rocker, you know, just yeah. right off the, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I, uh, my, my wife is a huge Duran Duran fan, as you know. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, so, you know, when we were recording and she was introducing me to all their music that I missed after like the mid eighties, you know, mm -hmm. I, we would listen to the album, all you need is now, which just, you know, 
smacks you in the face from the first note. And I went, okay, that's a good album. Right. Yeah. I have to, I have to admit that's a good album. Cause it just, you know, it comes out punching. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's hard to, you know, that's hard to learn too. You know, when you I know when I started writing a novel, it's like, okay, well I got to have a big wind up cause we're going to be here for mm-hmm. 70,000 words or more. And it's like, no, no, just, just, you know, start with a bang, you know, yeah. you don't have to back into this. Just, just yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard as could be. And I mean, today was a hard, today was a hard day. Today was one of those days that I sat down and I said to myself, I got an hour and a half. This is rare. I am going to write something. And then it was just too much pressure. It was like, you know, I was like, I I tried three different projects. I tried an essay. I tried a novel, tried another novel and I just couldn't get any kind of movement. Um, needed some X lax for my writing this morning, you know, to get, get, get things started. And it just wasn't, I wasn't, it wasn't. And it's probably because I have not been regular lately. Right. You know, I've been right. just like right. uh, very sporadic yeah. Um, yeah. with, with you, my writing. You need more flaxseed. I your do. Literary more, diet. Yeah. I do, yeah. you know, flaxseed, <laughs> morning writing, whatever it is. Um, yeah. It's hard, it's hard to jump back in. It'd be great to do it. And then just like write an article for the New York times about it. Like yeah. here's the first, here's the first thousand words of my novel and see what happens from it. And if yeah. it comes out the same, like I planned, that would be nuts. You know, like, <laughs> I might make us rethink everything we've said so far. Right. Yeah. If, if, if that's the case, we're AI, we are living right. in the matrix. That would yeah. be, yeah. Yeah. We yeah. would be living in the metric matrix for sure. Yeah. So I, w- I had another, qu- well, I mean, I, your, your background to write this obviously, but you wrote another, you wrote a few books before jumping into uh, this character of being on the pipeline and so on and so forth. Um, what was it that with this one, this time around uh, that got you to go to that place? Well, so I should tell you a little bit about how I ended up on the pipeline. Yeah. I, I previously described, you know, my three bucolic years of, being a self-sustaining author, uh, but I got bored. And so I was at lunch with a buddy of mine who uh, is, was the North American uh, operations manager for this pipeline services company. And I was telling him how bored I was. And he said, well, you know, if you're bored, why don't you come out on the line with me? I'll make sure you're not bored and you make mm-hmm. a little extra money, you know? So so I started doing it. I, I, I It was everything that I liked. It was travel. It was the chance to learn something new and it was replanting myself. And I, I think these are all sort of vital things. Um, you know, I, I don't know any, uh, you know, true idiots who do all three of those things. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. Like, Be reflective, travel and see the way other people live and, and all that. So, so anyway, I quickly realized okay, this is a job that happens invisibly to every, to the rest of the world. You know, I was skulking around in backyards and right and all this stuff in the middle of the night and nobody ever knew I was there. And so that was appealing from a fictional standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, the constant motion was uh, appealing from a fictional standpoint and the isolation and the fact that he began that the isolation was like the Borg assimilating him, right? Mm-hmm. Like he, it went from something that was foreign to him in his early life 
to now in his middle age while he's still doing it, it's lifeblood. Like he cannot imagine not being alone doing right. what he does, you know? And I yeah. just, that was all appealing in a thematic way. So. Yeah. Well, it came across great in the book. It was, I love the book. I, I, uh, I, like I said before, I love the prose. I love, I love the main character rooted, rooted from him to, for him from the very, very beginning, because I think there was a lot of, I think within him, there's just a lot of us, you know, yeah. in yeah. him, us as yeah. men making mistakes, the way, the, the way that we think about life, the way we think, we think about marriage and fatherhood and and i, I mean I, i've yet to I, I i i don't have a a son-in-law you know and uh yeah. but i you know but um you know i think that that's what i really loved about this character too it was just the the, the inside of him um and the way that he saw the other characters too that right. were what i liked about his character and the way he saw other characters is he saw their flaws but he didn't always completely judge them on him right. it was this guy has a flaw he's He's sleeping with all the women. He's, yeah. you know, the, all these things. He's, he's kind of a dink, but he's really good at his job. And he kind of did. Uh, and Max really loves him because he's yeah. known him since he was a baby. Right. Yeah. He knows him and, yeah. and he gives him that. He gives him that. He gives that character that real, the real human in it and says, yeah, you know, he's, he's this way and that way, but I, I love him. I love yeah. him and, you know, and I love his dad and I love all these things. His, his dad was there for me at the right time, so on and so forth. So it means something. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that's what I loved about the book. Um, the, let me do the drop really quick. This is Case Johnston. This is literally podcast. We are talking to Craig Lancaster today about most things writing and about his book. And it will be a beautiful life that uh, came out in 2021. I believe it was 2021. Yeah. June of 2021. June yeah. of 2021. The High Plains Book Award winner in fiction for 2022. It's, it's worth every penny. And I guess the, the, the um, paperback's coming out soon. Supposedly. Yeah, yeah. It you know the book kind of got swallowed up by the pandemic, mm -hmm. which happened to a lot of books, mm -hmm. and so we kept booting the the paperback. I mean, ordinarily, normal publishing year, you know, you'd you'd do the hardcover and then do the paperback six months later or whatever. Yeah. And we just kept kicking it out until we got to the brink of the publication of the next novel. And my publisher made a decision, um, a good one, I think, to, well, let's do the paperback of this one in April and then come in May with the hardcover of the next one, you know, and hopefully we'll get some piggybackers, I hope, yeah, you right. know. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny, you know, the whole marketing piece is, you know, I decided a long time ago that the part of it I could control was the quality of the work that I did, how I bore down, how I, uh, how seriously I took it. Mm. And, and then I, you know, I mean, I'll, I will do what I need to do to, you know, visit bookstores, try yeah. to get reading groups, doing it, libraries, all that. I'd be happy to get on the road with this book, but you know, there's just so much that leaves your hands at the moment that you hand over the manuscript and the publisher takes over, right? So yeah. yeah, yeah, and you have to trust them. You have to have a good relationship with them. Yeah, uh, yeah, and you yeah. have to, yeah, and you have to get behind their plan and start pushing. 
you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like being the fullback who runs into the back of the quarterback when you're trying to sneak for one yard, right? Yeah, yeah. Like like don't don't just wander off toward the sideline. Like yeah, yeah. Yeah, you give know? them a push. Do what they ask you to do. I, yeah. I know so many authors who are saying, well, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to go out there. Yeah. I don't want to talk to people. And I'm like, well, that's the, that that author life is gone. You know, I don't get it. I, really yeah, I don't, don't either. I love it. Yeah. I love going out there and me too. You know, you know me too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, I don't do it enough. I really, you know, I life gets busy and stuff like that, but I, I wish I could do it more. Oh, no, no. I, en- I envy your schedule. You know, I, uh, I, I yeah. think you, you're a good literary citizen and I, yeah, I really appreciate that. So. Well, Brandon keeps me on my toes. We, this is our first recording since I think it was September. Okay. Uh, no, November. We did literary death match. Yeah. I actually forgot that we did that. So I, I got to edit that. Yeah. I forgot. I forgot about that until about an hour ago too. I was like, <laughs> what do we got? What do we got? And I was like, we, I think we have literary death match that's still yeah. out there. Um, yeah. That one's an easy, that's an easy edit, right? No, that one's, a, that one's an easy one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hope that one of these novels turns out, Craig, you know, and I hope I see you again at the High Plains Book Award. This time I want the gold, um, you know, and, <laughs> I, and I, I, I will uh, I will be rooting for you. Yeah, you know? yeah. The book that's out now, though, has nothing to do with the High Plains. So, uh, you know, it, I yeah. mean, it's well, it's out on submission. We're not supposed to talk about that. That's that's a no, no. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's out uh, on whatever. submission, whatever yeah. it's out on submission. So, but if anybody hears this and you're one of the seven editors that's looking at it right now, go ahead and give my agent a call. She'll, she'll take, <laughs> she'll take your phone call. Um, I'll yeah. just want you, you know, um, hey, don't, Hey, we're huge case. Yeah, we are. So I, you know, know. So I know. Yeah, I know. That was the question. I, Oh, go you gotta you gotta celebrate every victory. You, you know? do. You yeah. absolutely. I, I mean, do. when I when I finish a manuscript, yeah, and I print it out, and there are three hundred and fifty pages stacked up on my desk. I take a picture of it and put it on Facebook. Yeah, you know? I do too. I didn't think I was gonna do it even once. So yeah, yeah, you know, it's yeah, yeah. Yeah, you do. I think I I learned that after the first book. I thought there'd be another one the next year, and it took another seven years. So yeah. six yeah. years. So. You know, I celebrate this one a lot more than I celebrated the first one. The first one thinking, well, this is just one of many, you know, and so. Uh, it's, it's a it's a book well worth celebrating. I mean, it really uh, is. Yeah, well, it's, appreciate it's, it. It's a beautiful story. So. Uh, Brandon just recorded our audio book for us. Uh, so okay. we're, we're going to see uh, see how that. How also that editing. Yeah. Also, also editing. Yeah. Recorded and got to edit that puppy. Wow. Case, yeah. I don't envy Brandon at all. Listen, <laughs> Craig, have you seen? Because you guys said you don't mind doing the doing some of the marketing and put and pushing. Are, can you out market bad writing and or or can and in the opposite, can good writing make it through no marketing? I I have I I, I do not have a solid answer for either one. I I think I think good books tend to find their audiences. Um, but, you know, you have to, the weight can be excruciating and the market moves on, you know. But I always, I always think about this, that um, Gatsby would not be Gatsby if it hadn't failed when it came out and they had all these books that were going to be pulped and instead they sent them overseas and all these servicemen <laughs> read Gatsby came back from world war two 
And many of them entered the classroom and they're like, this is a classic of American literature. And they started championing it, you know, and Fitzgerald was dead. He, he died thinking he was a failure, you know? So, you know, nobody, nobody wants to die before their book has yeah. found its audience, but it, it happens, you know, I, I tell you, I'd much rather write a good book and hope that it eventually finds its way than write a bad book and be out there flogging it endlessly. Now, that opens up the whole subjectivism about what's a good book or a bad book. You know, who says? Again, we I do. go back, I we go do back right here, right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm the only one who can answer that for me. Is yeah. this book good or bad? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, editors can tell me what they think, but it's not going to get to them unless I think it's good. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Which sounds horribly egotistical, but it's really the way I feel. You know, it's like I got to I got to satisfy the guy in the room who's writing this thing. And yeah. I try to be a harsh critic of it for that reason, you know, to the extent that I can. So, yeah. And I, th I wonder, too, if you could write a bad book. And I know that sounds like silly, but I, I don't mean it silly in the sense that what everything, everything you just went through that you put yourself through the ringer, you put your words through the ringer. You're not going to let it out until it's good until you believe it's good until you believe in it at least. Right. Cause I've had students, you know, I mean, cause for the last two years I've been at high school and they, they think a lot differently than I think. And they ask, you know, why don't you just copy one of those? Cause they, I've, I've shown them the numbers. I've shown them what romance sells. I've right. shown them, you know, I've shown them what, and you know, I've shown them what this, what, what uh, a lot of the romance slash uh, fantasy sells and the numbers and the amount of books that come out each year. Um, and then I show them like, especially with like strict romance, how the plotting is just so precise that they yeah. want the exact same thing to happen all the way through. It's like a rom-com in screenplays. They're always exactly the same. And they say, why don't you do that? And just make some money, you know? And I've thought I've gone home and I've thought about it and I, and I just don't think that I could, and I don't mean it. I mean that I do not mean that against any romance writer, writer at all. Yeah. I, I respect them. Uh, that's a craft. I, I think it's come down to that's a craft that I do not have. If I had it, maybe I would go and write it and make a lot of money. But I you can't write it. the pop song. You can't write the one one pop song and then the whole rest of the album is yours. Uh, I, I I could try, but <laughs> with I don't know. Like what it, I'm trying to see what the metaphor is within, like, like, within well, novels. What, what, well, because, because, you know, musicians will have, there's a sublime album where the one song is, Oh yeah. More plays in any of them. And, mm, and yeah. the suit made them famous. And I hate that damn song. I, like I hate that song. The rest yeah. of the album. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I hate that. I, I hate that song too. I have, they probably I do. have considered at, well, okay. I'm glad you brought up romance writers because, you know, I live in a state that's extremely literary. And so, yeah. you know, they, right. there's always talk about, well, okay, so who was the quintessential Montana writer, you know, mm -hmm. and it's usually, there'll be a debate, but it'll end up being A, a guy and B, you know, one of these hard earth books, you know, like, mm -hmm. oh, you got to extract the life from the land and everything is a metaphor mm -hmm. for how hard life is and all this stuff. And there's, I love those books. There's a place for those books, right? Mm-hmm. 
the most successful author in the state of Montana, her name never gets mentioned. Uh, her pen name is BJ Daniels. She lives in Malta, which is up near the Canadian border. Mm-hmm. And she's written a hundred and something Harlequin romances. And she, she, I don't want to, I almost said cranks them out, but she is a good writer. She mm-hmm. is, she is a disciplined writer. She writes four books a year and she's been doing it for years and she's more successful. She makes more money. She, mm-hmm. she has more readers and there isn't anything anybody in this state can say about her work ethic or mm-hmm. her ability to do what she does. Right. She is freaking great. End of sentence. Right. And uh, yeah, but I can't do what she does. Right. You know, yeah. I have considered, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, I think I could get a bunch of erotica, you know, and yeah. figure out what the beats are. Right. And then, you know, choose a pen name that is appropriately, um, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, wink, wink, nod, nod. Right. And, uh, and self-publish a bunch of erotica. Right. I could probably do that. Yeah. It does not, it does not move me. Yeah. And it's so hard to write that if I'm going to take being moved off the table, there are much easier ways to make a buck. And um, I'll just do one of those. Yeah. I mean, if, if money is what I need so bad. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it by writing something that my heart is not in. Right. So, right. I, I totally agree. It's like, you could, yeah. I mean, this is not easy. This yeah. is, it's not easy. And I, and I doubt and it's, it's easy. not easy for BJ, BJ Daniels. Exactly. It's not easy, for but her. she loves it. And right. that is the key. Mm-hmm. And the she love is the key. And the, yeah. and her readers love her work. Right. That's worth it too. You know, the, end. the, yeah. the, the her readers love her work and she is giving them what they love and she does it well. Yeah. I couldn't do it. Um, yeah. And like you said, because I just don't know that's, you know, I would, I, I don't, I don't know. Like I've thought about it. Um, and I would probably try and fail at what she does well. Um, and I try to tell my students that, you know, and they're like, well, and they just don't get it, you know, but it's, but I, I I agree with everything you said. If I'm going to sit my butt down every day, do what you love, do what you write something that you love. And I think that's kind of where these novels fail sometimes where you're like, ah, I like the story. I think I like the characters, but man, this is difficult. This is really, really difficult to, we didn't double yeah we didn't double back to that but i i I know for me when it doesn't work and i get to a point where i can actually diagnose it Mm -hmm. it's almost always that i did not connect fully enough with the idea or the memory that Mm -hmm. was driving it in the first place right like i was not there in the way that i needed to be there right which is why it would be so folly to try to attempt to write things that aren't in my heart, mm-hmm. you know, to, to make money. I, right. I like, no, it, it would be a failure. It'd be yeah. a failure. And it would not measure up to the people who do that. Well, exactly. They love it. And I don't, mm-hmm. you know, yep. and I, I just couldn't, I couldn't live with that. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So. And, and then we would be, and it'd be, yeah, it, we would be a failure in what they do well. Right. Um, you know, and, you know, so we're stuck writing literary stuff, which obviously, you know, sells a lot, you know, I mean, 
mean, you know, there's the occasional, there's the occasional thing that yeah, yeah. catches fire. So, right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's yeah. hard. Today it, was hard. You tell good stories. Is there satisfaction in that? Oh God. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's ultimately what it is. You know, I, you know, you want to tell a story and you want enough people sitting around the fire so that it makes sense to keep throwing a fresh log on it. And, you know, yeah. well, you know, you know what I think, uh, Craig, I just thought of this. I case mentioned that I'm recording his audio book. Um, boy, would it have been fun to, be the author to watch us record an audiobook that you wrote that other people are reading um and then laugh about in certain parts and say oh that was a really good line and because it's immediate feedback that you know you're watching someone as they read it which is, yeah. is kind of cool first audiobook that ever got done of my work i sat there and listened to it and i was utterly gobsmacked by the interpretation of it. Mm. I, it was like a whole new work, like what he saw in it versus what I was thinking when I wrote it. I was just so grateful for, you know, somebody who took what he does well and, you know, made this whole other performance of it. Mm. You know, cause I know, I know what I do when I do a reading. Right. I mean, in general, I would, I'd rather go to a poetry reading than a prose reading. Yeah. <laughs> even, yeah. Usually. Even, you know, I'm, I'm not much of a poet. I'm like a once a decade poet, mm -hmm. but uh, poets, you know, part of the gig is you've got to be good at performing your work, mm -hmm. you know, and with prose writers, a lot of them are, they lose their place. They miss the emphasis. They don't perform it, yeah. you know, um, you know, poets are like singers, you know, singers, the best singers um, channel the emotion of the song that they're singing. Poets do the same thing and they do it with their own work. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's an amazing thing to see. It is. It really is. I agree. I'd rather listen to poets than prose. Yeah. That's for sure. Well, some poets, yeah. you know, some poets are like, no, thanks. Uh, just the ones that get up and talk about the poem for 45 minutes and it's a two minute poem. Those are the ones that I struggle with, you know, the ones yeah. that say I've just got 17 more poems and four subsets of those poems left before I right. get off the stage. Those are the ones I struggle with. Um, yeah. But are you, sure, are you sure you've got an MFA? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I tell you, I am. The, I am. Which goes all the way back to the first conversation. And then we're about actually about ready. It's a good way to wrap up uh, yeah. is that if Craig knew me, he would knew he would know my stance on MFAers yeah. in the sense that um, uh, that I don't I typically do not fit that. I don't fit that mold. Not with, you know, not with uh, me as a person, as an academic or as as a writer for the most part. Um, uh it made a lot of because my advisor was he actually he was he actually studied with with uh, Harry Cruz. Okay. Uh, and so it was that and it was that same kind of like, let's be real on the page. And he used to call it he gets sick of MFAs because it's people like masturbatory in their sentences yeah, on the yeah. page. You know, it's more of this self satisfaction thing than it is actually trying to tell a story. And I, I you know. 
and I've most all my writing friends are MFA, and I'm okay with what I just said. So you know, yeah. it, you know, I'm, I'm well. Cool. I, I mean, I came out of journalism, yeah. you know, so I learned writing in a completely different way, mm-hmm. and um, and really, the only way that I feel like that I've not gotten along uh, better with that particular community is I just I don't really know their life, right? Yeah, college dropout. I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't go to a writing program. And so we just didn't have a lot of natural consist, uh, constituencies. Yeah. I've met plenty of MFA holders, yourself included, who oh, I've you. made a nice human connection with. And that's great. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd, r- I'd much rather be a human than a writer anyway. Yeah. Know, when it comes right down to it. So, yeah. It's interesting, though. It's a much longer conversation that Brandon has heard a lot about the MFA on this program. No, but uh, I would love to. This is part two of Craig's podcast. If he ever comes back, is just, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Debate the, uh, the pace and, and the deadlines and uh, that's, oh, yeah, inherent in journalism and what you learn from that versus, you know, how, how what you learn in the MFA program. And the, those are two completely was- different tracks. Let's 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 talk about it when Dreaming Northward drops. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good yeah. idea. Yeah. yeah, that's a great idea. Um, yeah, and the thing about the MFA too is, um, I there were people there that could write circles around me with sure. their prose. I mean, they could write circles around me, like you know the beauty of their work, um, but have never done anything with it, you know. And and it's I think because it's as we went all the way back to the beginning, and Greg was saying this is hard work. Yeah. This is hard work. It's, it's, what did you say? It's persistence or it's tenacity. Tenacity. The, tenacity. Yeah. It's the, a, the, yeah. It counts for a lot more. Yeah. It does. Yeah. I always, I, I was always curious about the beautiful sentence thing just because, you know, always thought, well, you know, every art gallery I've ever been to has white walls. Mm-hmm. And the reason it's got white walls is because it doesn't want the walls to interfere with the beauty that's yeah. on them. Mm-hmm. Right. So if every single sentence is this work of art, yeah, breathtaking beauty, and you've built a structure, where are the straight nails that hold the wall, you know, that hold the beams together? Where yeah. are, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm betraying my lack of construction knowledge, but you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you know, some, some things are just sentences. Yeah, some, yeah. From that beautiful sentence to one that's coming a paragraph right. later. You know, and, some sentences just have to move the plot. Yeah, it's got to move us forward. Yeah, Keep us yeah they're forward. just they're just they're just they're just hardworking blue collar things. Yeah, and that's yeah. fine. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Well, it's it's yeah, it's there's. I think there's, this is a right topic for the next the next time. It around. is absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. is. Um, well, thanks, Craig, so much. This is uh, for have for coming on with us. I mean, we're right at the hour mark, which is perfect. Um, and, um, we appreciate it. We want to see you with the next book. Um, I hope to see you before that in person. If you do head to Ogden before that in person, I know that Brandon would be willing to get us all in the studio, um, and with, with a beer and maybe a little bit of whiskey and, and, uh, and do another podcast. Um, That would be, that would be fantastic. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be worth traveling to Ogden for. It so. would. I mean, especially yeah. Brandon's studio where Brandon right. wanted. I'll show you off the recording what we look like here. So, yeah, <laughs> okay. thanks. Yeah, that sounds great. That sounds great. Well, I've really enjoyed it, and it's good to see you again. So, absolutely. And this is Case Johnston. This is literally podcast. Thanks for joining us today. We're here with author and High Plains Book Award winner number one, uh, uh, number two. But uh, I'm number I'm number two. Um, <laughs> 
for the Literally podcast. We talked briefly about his book, and it will be a beautiful life. And as Renaissance case goes, we 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 kind of go where we want to go for this podcast, and, and instead of strict uh, strict timelines and strict 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 notes. But thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, find us everywhere. Uh, yep, we'll see you on the next episode. Yep. <laughs>